Welcome to Diggy Deep with Pastor Yemi and Pastor Dio Ogunsoya. On today's series, we will be teaching from the book of Colossians. Are you ready to go deeper into your relationship with God? Join us every week as we go into this book, chapter by chapter. Now, here we go, digging deep into Colossians. Praise the Lord. Let's just uh, spend a few minutes to just pray. Let's just worship the Lord. Father in heaven, we just bless you tonight. Stana Rock of Pages, we are grateful for life. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you because you have counted us among the living that we witness this day. Blessed be your holy name for the provisions of the comfort of life. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the hope of a better tomorrow that we have because we are connected with you. Tonight, Holy Spirit, you are the teacher of the church. Speak in us and speak to your people. Let the word flow unhindered, unchecked by any force from the pit of hell tonight. Mm -hmm. Give each of us revelation. Let there be impartation through the word tonight. Let your name alone be glorified. Let situations bow at the feet of the word tonight. Let illumination and direction come. And forever you will remain our God. For it is in Jesus' precious name we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. All right. We are, like Pastor Dario said, we are back in the book of Colossians. It's been our book, our camping area for months now. It's a book that has impacted us greatly. Uh, I, for one, I have seen amazing things. You know, at times you think you know some things in the Bible. But the the deeper you delve in, you dig in. And I'm so grateful that this program is called Digging Deep. We re- when you dig deep into the word of God, you see new things that will uh, make you think you've not read that scripture before. Uh, so tonight, we are back in chapter 4. And um, we'll be focusing on verses 6 to 18. Uh, but what have we learned, especially in this chapter 4, uh, you remember that the book was written by Paul. If you are joining for the first time, this book we are studying is one of the four books written by Apostle Paul. Uh, Ephesians, Colossians, uh, 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 Philippians, and Philemon. They are unique books. He wrote Romans too. He wrote Cor- uh, Corinthians. He wrote Thessalonians. But these four books are unique because they were written when he was incapac- incapa- uh, incarcerated when his movement was, uh, was, was hindered. There are books of encouragement. There are books of comfort. There are books to solidify our faith in Christ. Especially the book of Colossians, the church in Colossae was not started by Paul. Uh, like we have said repeatedly, it was started by one of his spiritual sons, Epaphras. And uh, the church has been in existence for some time based on the teachings of Paul. And then, Teachers came, Judaizers, and other good um, uh, motivational speakers. And they began to invade and bring uh, adulterated teachings. And the people were becoming confused. Some were even at the verge of losing their faith in Christ, thinking they have to worship angels. They have to circumcise themselves for God to fully accept them. 
it was presented as if just having Jesus was not enough. There are some other things we have to add to it. And uh, Paul had to write to them to uh, straighten them out, like Brother Copeland will say, and uh, straighten out their theology, and also to encourage and to ground them in the truth of the gospel. So uh, uh, we've been looking at all that in chapter 4, verse 1. It, it talks about employers being fair and just. We spend time on that. That whatever oversight we've been given, we have to be fair and just because we have a master who is also watching us from heaven. Amen. Amen. Verse 2, it told us, to, it told the Colossians and us too to be prayerful. The, the passion, translation, uh, passion translation says, be faithful to pray as intercessors. As intercessors. Be faithful to pray. Uh, the New King James said, continue earnestly in prayer. Uh, so prayer is a must for everyone uh, believer that desire to grow and to get to their destination. Prayer is, uh, is non-replaceable. Is non mm -hmm. And not just prayer for yourself, Prayer for others in the body of Christ. Uh, then in verse 3, we saw where he said Paul was seeking prayer. He said, pray also for me. Not that uh, I may buy that Bentley or that my bills will be paid. He said that I may, God may open doors of opportunities to preach Christ. That was an amazing request. Mm -hmm. uh, and we encourage you, we encourage ourselves that we must pray for God to give us opportunities to make Christ known to others. We come across unbelievers every day, but most of the time we allow that opportunity to pass by. In verse 4, uh, Paul was still seeking prayer. He said that he will speak as he ought to speak, to reveal the hidden truth of Christ. Uh, we must pray, not just to blow grammar, but to go to the, the, the to eat the nail on the head like they normally say. Amen. Uh, may God use you mightily in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we ended last week talking about verse 5, mm -hmm. where Paul said, walk in the wisdom of God mm -hmm. as you live before the unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was where we, I said, the, why? So that you, may, uh, you make it your duty to make him known, mm -hmm. to make Christ known. It becomes my duty, my assignment, my calling. And that is the calling of every born again child of God. We are called to be his ambassadors, to speak on his behalf, to show the people the truth of the love of God. Our pastor is going to help us read tonight, and we are going to uh, pick it up from this verse 5, and uh, we are trusting God that we are going to close out the book of Colossians today. So grab your Bible, grab your reading materials, and a cup of tea or water, whatever you drink, and let's take this adventure together. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Verse 1 says, Employers, treat your workers with equality and justice, as you know that you also have a Lord and Master in heaven who is watching you. Be faithful to pray as intercessors who are fully alert and giving thanks to God. And please pray for me that God would open a door of opportunity for us to preach the revelation of the mystery of Christ, for whose sake I am imprisoned. Pray that I would unfold and reveal fully this mystery, for that is my delightful assignment. Mm. Walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers, and make it your duty to make him known. 
Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. For then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Ty Kikos will tell you about what is happening with me. I have sent him to you so that he could find out how you are doing in your journey of faith and bring comfort and encouragement to your hearts. For he is a beloved brother in Christ, a faithful servant of the gospel, and my ministry partner in our master Yahweh's work. I've also sent Onesimus, who is from your city and is also a, a beloved and faithful brother who will inform you of all that we are enduring. Aristarchus, a fellow prisoner here with me, sends you his love. And Joshua, who is also called Justus, along with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, also send you their greetings. You have already been informed that if Mark comes to you, receive him warmly. These three men are the only ones of the circumcision who have aided me here in the work of the kingdom of God, and they have been a great blessing to me. Epaphras, who is also from Colossae, sends his loving greetings. I can tell you that he is a true servant of Christ, who always labors and intercedes for you. His prayers are filled with requests to God that you would grow and mature, standing complete and perfect in the beauty of God's plan for your lives. Epaphras has such great zeal and passion for you and for those who are from Laodicea and Herapolis. And look, the beloved physician sends his warm greetings to you in Demas also. <coughs> Give my greetings to all the believers in Laodicea and pray for dear Nymphas and the church that gathers in her home. Once you've read this letter publicly to the church, Please send it on to the Church of Laodiceans and make sure you read the letter that I wrote to them. Be sure you give Archippus this message. Be faithful to complete the ministry you received from our Lord Jesus. Now finally, I, Paul, write this with my own handwriting and I send my loving greetings to you. Remember me in my imprisonment. May the blessings of God's grace overwhelm you. Amen. Love in Christ. Amen. Paul. The apostle. I love the way he ended the letter. The book. He said, may the blessings of God's grace overwhelm you. And I said a big amen on your behalf to that. Now, pastor, let's look again at this life-defining word by this man, Paul. Verse 5 again. Mm -hmm. Let's look at it. It says, walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers and make it your duty to make him known. Uh, the, the New King James said, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, means unbelievers. I said, redeeming the time. Mm -hmm. I want us to zero in on redeeming the time. Now, we know that what does it mean to redeem something? To redeem is to buy back. Mm -hmm. When you are, God redeem us through the uh, sacrifice of Jesus. He bought us back from the hand of the devil. He paid the price. So when you are redeeming something, 
you are buying something. So, but here God is telling us through Paul that we can buy back time. We can redeem time. Some other translation said it differently. Uh, how, if I want to redeem time, how do I go about that? You have, you have any idea, any suggestion for me? Uh, okay, so uh, redeeming times means to redeem something means that that thing has been taken before. You go and take that, you redeem that thing back or you, you restore that thing back. So for us, because time generally is not redeemable according to, you know, whatever we might have heard. But I believe that here the apostle is t- telling us that the, the time that we have left, we must make sure that we don't lose any more time. We must make sure that we double up because that's the only way we can redeem. You know, if we have lost, if we have 24 hours and we have lost, lost 12 hours out of it, maybe we slept for, 20, for 12 hours out of 24 hours. So we only have 12 hours left. So what we could have done in the first 12 hours, we have to do it as well as what we need to do in the 12 hours that we have left. So we now have to double up and do extra so that we, can, we, we will not lag. Amen. Lag. Amen. Uh, and if I can just pick it up from, uh, say one or two things to what you have said. The only uh, investment, the most precious investment that God has given to every human being is the investment of time. We have the same time. Nobody has 24 hours uh, while some other people have 26. Everyone has 24 hours, including Jesus when he was on this earth. So what I do, like you have said, in that 24 hours will impact my God-given destiny. Uh, Whether I finish my course or I get halfway or three-quarter way or no way at all, it depends on what I do with that daily 24 hours. In other words, we must uh, engage ourselves. Like you said, we might have lost some time in the past. I might have whiled away my time. Uh, in those days when we, uh, when we were in the university, uh, I was working with a group of guys. We call ourselves NFA, No Future Ambition. We, 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 don't, we don't make use of our time. We were not redeeming or putting value on our time. But when I finally got out of the university, I discovered that I have wasted time, things that I should have learned, things that I should have done. I didn't learn them. I didn't do them. Now, like you said, I have to start getting to them in addition to the things I needed to do. Yeah. So to redeem time, you have to engage consciously Every day, my brother, my sister, in fruitful activities. Let it be gone that you speak for four hours on the phone. Just chatting about situation that has no bearing on your, on your goal, on your, your destiny. So you have to engage in fruitful activities. You have to set goals. Every time you wake up, you have to have an idea of the things to do that day. Now, of Jesus, they said, before all the disciples wake up, he will have been up, moved to a solitary place, pray. What was he doing? He was setting goals for the day, downloading from heaven. 
What should we do today? What would you like us to do? And by the time the disciples wake up, it starts going. We must, we are Christians. There must be daily goals. Every, I, I, I never forget the word of uh, one of our mentors, Bishop Oedipo, speaking about uh, uh, Casey Price. Bishop, uh, Archbishop Casey Price. It's all his own apostle. It's everything. Uh, he said he was privileged to meet him in his years ago, I think in the 80s. And he said when he saw his schedule, it, it transformed his thinking because every hour of the day is accounted for. That man, every day, it goes hour by hour. There is something written down is doing every hour, whether it's to eat or to sleep or to have meeting, every hour is accounted for. Mm. And no wonder he could go far. And we can see the person impacted, Bishop Oedipo, we can see what he has accomplished in 30 years of ministry. Without being conscious and setting daily goals, time will fly by. And half of what we are supposed to have done, people that we are supposed to have met, will not have been accomplished. And then you and I, we have nobody to blame but our own complacency. Amen. So, make sure you engage in fruitful activities, set goals, and understand the value of time. When time is gone, it's gone. You can rewind. You can rewind video. You can rewind on YouTube. You can't rewind back to yesterday and say, okay, now let me do what I was supposed to have done. I'm going back to yesterday now. So let's do this and God will help us. Amen. I was um, talking to someone, you know, just like you were saying, like we can't go back to yesterday. Yesterday has been written. You, you can't go back and erase it. Yeah. But you have, we all have the opportunity to do what we can with today. Yeah. And what we can do with today mm. will determine what will happen in our yeah. future. Yeah. Because today sets the stone. So we can rewrite our future by actually writing our today. Mm. And that is when we begin to look at the time that we have. You know, like you said, President, uh, what's the name of the President of America, Biden, mm. has the same 24 hours as I, as I do, just like I have. Yeah. So, and he, I mean, he's using the 24 hours. He, he doesn't get anything extra just because he's the president of the most popular, or most, you know, most powerful nation in the whole world. It doesn't mean that he gets, God gives him extra hours. No, but he has to learn to manage that time as well as I do have to manage my own time. He's making his own impact because time is what we use to impact others. Not only to develop ourselves, not only to acquire things for ourselves, but also to help others. Because that's what this guy is talking about here. He said, walk in the wisdom God has to live before unbelievers. So our even redeeming the time is not only about ourselves, it's about what we need to do for <coughs> others. You know? So we, we, we have a lot of work in our hands. And thank God for his mercy, opening our eyes to these things so that we can now begin to look broader, you know, bigger, at the bigger picture, rather than having the tunnel vision of, you know what, I'm just going to wake up, I'm going to get married when it's time, I'm going to have children, and that's it. No, our life is not only about that. Our life is about that and others and other things. Extending this to other people, and it requires us being able to redeem the time. One of the things 
that the disciples learned from hanging around Jesus was the proper use of time. He knew what to do. Even now, the Bible said on one occasion when he was going to feed the 5,000, he knew what he was, but he was testing one of them, Philip. He said, go, you give them. He already, now, if we are conscious of starting the day intermingling with the Holy Ghost, uh, asking for his, assi his assignment for us with regard to our life and other people's life, and we discipline ourselves to stay on it. Now, understand Satan's uh, tactics. is a time waster. He will send more than one, two, three people because he's a time robber to, to rob you of your time. To rob you of your time. I remember years ago, even when I didn't have clue of all this, I was in Lagos uh, with uh, the uh, uh, Bible, Bible school. school, and the uh, bishop was talking. He said a brother greeted him about three times in a day, and he told the brother, don't you have anything to do? Why are you greeting me three times? That's a man that sees that even when you, you can over-greet, and people from where I came from, they can greet you 50 times. So around him, you only greet him once. Everybody is busy doing something. So Satan is a time robber. He's after your hours, your time. If he can steal 12 hours out of your 24 hours, then he knows you will not finish your assignment. If it, it's obvious he can't stop you from being a Christian, but he can stop you from getting to your destination on time. And may that not be your story in the name of Jesus. So, and, and then the second part of our study in that, that verse 5 said, make it your duty to make Christ known. At times we think it's only the pastors. Yeah, well, I'm not a pastor. Why should I be? It's not, my own is just to go to church and say amen. Actually, he gave the, the, the way to do it mm -hmm. because he said, walk in the wisdom of God as you live. Mm -hmm. The pastors normally don't live with unbelievers, hopefully, because their wives and children will be born again. When they go to meetings, they go to meetings with board of directors who are born again. They meet with other pastors as their friends. But walk in the wisdom of God as you live. So it is you and I, the regular people, the layman and the laywoman that live with the unbelievers. Uh, and uh, the, the question, how do I get the wisdom of God? You say, walk with wisdom of God. Where am I going to get it from? The wisdom of God is from the word of God. Uh, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the word of God. So the more we put our mind and our intellect and we read our eyes, we keep our eyes on the word, meditate on the word, we are meditating on the wisdom of God. And whatever we meditate on begins to, you know, reflect in our lives. Amen. Amen. Now, um, thank you for that uh, 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 insight. Because in Luke chapter 11, verse 49, Jesus, in quoting the word of God, said, and the wisdom of God said. Mm -hmm. So, Jesus equated the wisdom of God with the word of God. And to him, there is no difference. And we know, like you have said, the word of God is the wisdom of God. So for me to walk in, uh, in the wisdom of God is to have uh, learned some things in the word of God 
I'm putting them to practice in my life. I'm not just going by what thing feels right to me. I am regulating my life by what the Bible says. That, and especially before unbelievers. Because they are watching you. They see us carry this Bible every Sunday and go to church. Some of us, if you are like me, you go there every day. Uh, so they want to see, do you really, are you really living according to this thing? Or it's just for sure on Sundays only. Amen. Or if you are a pastor, is it just to collect offering? Is it just about offering collection? Or are you really living by it? So we must consciously know that we are surrounded by unbelievers. And what we do can either impact them to follow us into the kingdom or keep them away from the kingdom. Uh, you know, and he hasn't even, we haven't even gone to verse 6 yet that he talks, that, that mm. is talking about speaking, yeah. mm. you know, about our words. But right here, he's talking about our conduct. action, yes. our conduct. Behavior. So, our behavior does not mean, does not, we don't need to say anything. Yeah. Our behavior includes our appearance. It includes our attitude. It includes how how we deal with people without speaking, you know, how we, we, we interact with people, the, the way that we, uh, the assignment that is given to us, either in our secular employment or even in our community, how do we handle those things without words? The way that we live, the way that we walk, it says walk in the wisdom of God. As you live before the unbelievers, as we live before our neighbors, do we, you know, we don't have to say a word for our neighbors to know that hmm, these people are really different. You know, we don't have to carry Bible before our neighbors will know that hmm, these people's conduct is different. You know, when, when your neighbors find out that you are the rudest person on the block. Or you are, you are, you are the, your house is the ring. Or the, the ring or the dirtiest place, you know, the garbage, the, your garbage is the stinking. Those are little, little things that we, didn't, we don't pay attention to. The ones that go to the store, we buy stuff and then throw the plastic bag <laughs> in front of the house. You know, Daddy, uh, Daddy Talabib still mentioned this in the original retreat we had the last time. When talking, he said, the front of your church. Hmm. You are talking of people not coming into your church. Yes, yes. Have you looked at the front? Is it filled with garbage? Is it attractive? Is it welcoming? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the basket of Moses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I, I quite agree with you in all these things. Uh, Paul divided it into two here. Verse 5, it talks about our behavior mostly. Then verse 6, it began to educate us on words. Our speech. Uh, it said, let your word... Let every word, not most words, not few words, every. I, I, I almost got stuck there. Because that means, oh, 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 pastor, are you saying I have to watch every, every word I speak? Yes, I didn't say that, the Bible said it. It said, let every word you speak be drenched with grace, tempered with truth and clarity. It said, for then you will be prepared. To give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Another translation put it differently. Uh, the, 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 the New King James said, let your speech always be with grace. Let it always be, always be, not occasionally. 
It says season with salt. Don't over season it though. <laughs> like some of us when we make fish. <laughs> that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now, I, it's amazing to me that in the book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon talking said, answer a fool according to their foolishness. Then in you another statement, he said, don't answer a fool according to... In other words, that's what Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. When you are filled with the wisdom of God, you and will you will know answer. what kind of response. Sometimes you need to answer a fool according to their foolishness. Sometimes you need to just leave them alone, leave them alone in their foolishness. Amen. But speech is very important. Now, even medical science have discovered in the recent years that your speech center, your, your, the speech center in your brain is connected with every other nerves in your body. It has impact on every part of your body. So, but here Paul is telling us by the Holy Spirit that our word, every word, we must consciously choose our word. I've been guilty of this many times. I just say things before thinking. But the more I look into the mirror of the word of God, the more you begin to see. And why is this important? Why should I be make sure that I speak right words? We must understand that, number one, he said, drenched with grace that, uh, that it may, uh, let's see, let's see, uh, there is a passage that we need to, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Still the same Paul along the same line of thought. Ephesians 4.29 in the New King James Version. He said, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary build up edification. So that it may impart grace to the hearers. The hearers. The key word I want you to look is the hearers. That the number one hearer of your word is yourself. You are the primary hearer of every time you open your mouth. Now, uh, Brother Copeland demonstrated that to us. Uh, he will tell us to um, begin counting one to ten. Uh, then we are counting silently. They will say, what's your name? And then you, the, moment you, everything, the moment you open your mouth, everything in your body will stop to listen to what you have to say. Everything, every organ in your body, pay attention when you open your mouth. You are the number one hearer of what you say. In other words, your word will impact you more than it impact people around you. So, is your word ministering grace to yourself or you are speaking death to yourself? This faith is killing them. They are dying to go. You are hearing it how many times? Every time you say it. So, it's sowing something in your, in your spirit. And the spirit of man does not know that that's not what you desire. It will produce what you keep sowing in it, just like a natural ground. You put corn in it, it will give you corn. You put okra, it will give you okra. Your heart does not pick and choose. It is you that pick and choose what you sow. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Amen. Amen. I, I like the fact that it says, be drenched with grace. The mm. Passion Translation says, mm. be drenched. You know? Be soaked. I, 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 and again, you know, I kind of like, agree with pastor but I agree with you as well because I also like every one of us I'm not sure if there is anybody here that every word that they speak is drenched but we are here so that we can learn and to move on that means that if I am at a level right now that every other word that I speak is a curse word 
or when I get upset, I just resolve to curse him. You just let it loose. So I need to begin to remember this, that this is what the scripture says. Mm. This is what the word of God says. This is what the wisdom of God says, that let every word. So I begin to implement that. So the moment I want to resort into cursing or resort into saying the wrong things, I be quiet. Because so many times I may not be able to find the right vocabulary to speak, especially when those curse words are rising from my inside. Especially if you have said them many, many, many years. times yeah. and I've been used to they saying are, they them. They are the default. Yes, so they are my default. So, so the next thing that I want to do is to be quiet so that I can now begin to build up the word of grace that mm -hmm. may come out of my mouth. Because to be honest with you, when we are upset, we don't usually find gracious words to speak. Mm. So it's, a, it's best to be quiet at that time. Yeah. So that we, we now begin to think, quiet. okay, what's that gracious word I can say? Oh, it is well. <laughs> mm. It is well. I think you it's know? Gloria Copeland. I said, when things are not going the way you expected, Make sure you don't speak the first word that comes to your exactly. Say the first word are not always wise never, words. It would never because you are up, your emotions are out That's, there. They are coming from your emotions. Coming from your, and for the most part, not good things come out of your emotions. Oh. <laughs> you know, not good things. So be quiet. Don't say anything. I have learned to implement that now that, you know what, I'm just going to be quiet. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, and it's a good way to be, not even only to others. What if you have just received a news? Because it says here, for then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Yeah. I believe it's a different translation, the NIV. Let's read it from the NIV. It says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer Everyone. Everyone. Or in every situation. situation. There may be situations, not even only that you have an altercation with somebody, but what if you have just received the news from the doctor? The doctor has, or the lawyer or whoever has just called and told you a, 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 a news that you don't really want. Well, That's the say, time to begin to look at full of grace. You know, there is, I like what you have said. And uh, while you are speaking, the Holy Spirit was you know, taking me deep into it. He said, I know what to say. If people will only listen, be quiet and ask me. So when we are not just saying be quiet, we are saying be quiet and check with the Holy Spirit in you. What should I say? How should I respond? That, and the, the, the picture that I have is Jesus writing on the floor with that woman that they said they caught in adultery. And the whole prayer, they were, the whole community were putting pressure on him. Tell us, should we stone him? Should we follow Moses? Should we discard the law of Moses? They were trying to. So I could see Jesus. The pressure was high. But the Bible said he was quiet. He was writing. And until when he, he got the broadcast from heaven. And the only word he spoke made all of them to backtrack. He could have said, why are you guys always this and that? Oh, I know why you are doing this. You want to trap me. He knew they were trying to trap him. But, and it's amazing that he even said, I don't say anything unless I hear from the Father. It will, it will work well for all of us if we can do that. Uh, you know, the Bible also said, a, a, a fool, when he is quiet, 
We'll be mistaken for the wise. We'll be counted as wise. <laughs> because you just be quiet. So I say, mm, mm. And Dr. Otabi said, you need to know the, uh, the vocabulary of silence. Mm -hmm. When it's not, you just don't rush to give an answer. I'm also learning. God is helping me. You just nod and say, hmm, hmm. Even if, when you are not thinking, make it look as if you are thinking. And the Holy Spirit will help you out. Why? Because the first word, now like in case there is a problem. Now, if I'm looking at an accident about to happen now, do you know that the first word that comes out of your mouth can determine whether you survive or you die? So, we have to be selective and conscious in our, in our speech because it affects me before and it also affects others. And if I speak negative things, that's what I'm going to get. I remember one of our mothers here in the church. There was one day I called her and uh, I was talking. She, had, she, was in, she was admitted to the hospital. And I called her and I was talking to her and she told me, she said, Pastor D, the doctor said this and this and that. And do you know what I responded to them? I said, no, it is well. I said, no. It, the doctors gave diagnosis and prognosis of, you know, what's going to happen and all the other stuff. But she said the only statement she kept making to the doctor was, is what the word of I God am said. healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus. It is well. Yes. And any time they made the diagnosis, she would say, no. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. It is well. And that is what I see here that says, so that you may know how, how to, to answer, answer everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because when emotions are out there, when, you know, especially not even in arguments now, when issues like that diagnosis, they bring it, it's important to know how to respond. Because the words that we speak, like you said, the words that we speak, would mean something. Number one, we are our first hear hearers. Yeah. So we hear that word. We take that word. The doctor said, oh, you have only three months to live. And you said, ah, three months? That's all? What am I going to do about it? Your mind hears that. And that's negative. Your heart hears that. And that's negative. But what this man of God is saying is that know how to answer. Answer with wisdom. It is well. And wisdom that, is based on the word. Amen. In other words, get, to, get in the word, fill your heart with the word, fill your mind with the word, so that when the enemy is speaking, you will know how to respond. Amen. amen. Because if, if there is emptiness in you, in terms of the word of God, how are you? You will respond with emptiness. Whatever is in you, that the Bible said, out of the abundance of your heart. I think that's Matthew 12, 34. He said, speaks. the mouth speaks. So what is in you in abundance will come out when there is pressure. Whether health pressure, financial pressure, relational pressure, there will be pressure when there is pressure. Not if there is pressure. There will be pressure. And whatever you have stored in your heart will come out. So get busy now when there, it looks as if there is no before the health pressure comes, fill your heart with the word of health. You see, this bottle of water, it has just a little less than half of it. If I squeeze it now, it would take time for the water to come out yeah. here because it's almost it's down. Yeah. It's not at the... But when, it, when if the water was almost full yeah. and I squeeze it, 
compress little, it. The pressure, the little pressure will bring the, yeah. the water out. Yeah. It's the same thing as what we put inside of us. Uh -huh. We increase our capacity, put more inside of us so that when pressure comes, what comes it's out? It's overflowing. Amen. And Satan can't stand that. You see, it, Jesus, he gave him three. Jesus gave him three words. The Bible said he left him. That this one was, he was prepared. Jesus was prepared for that, for those tests. The test did not catch him unprepared. So I think what we need to do practically as children of God who are willing to grow is to stay in the word of God. Make a goal of spending time, time in, in the, the word, word daily. Yes. It's not something that we do on Sundays only. It has to be daily. For our capacity to increase, we have to put in. You know, our tummy, when we were born, our tummy is little. Mm. But as we put more food, mm. the capacity of our stomach extends because it becomes bigger. <laughs> as we put, that's why some of us have bigger ones mm. than other people. And some of us have six packs. <laughs> <laughs> Amusement park. <laughs> Amen. You know, but what I'm saying is, we put in daily. It's the, elastic. The, yes. It expands. So we put in daily the word, mm. the word of God, the word of God. Make it a habit. Make it a goal to at least study the word a day, per day, every day. Then attend fellowship yeah. where the word is studied. It takes being intentional about these things. Yes, we want to speak the right words. Yes, we want to appear the right way. We want to act right. We want to walk right. We want to live right. But it is not automatic. It, it can never be automatic because it is not something that God will come and do for us. We cannot cry for mercy. God, give me, uh, give me mercy so I can read. It's not going to happen. I have to be intentional. It's when I do it that God will now multiply my grace yeah. to continue to do it. But we have to make it a goal yeah. to study the word, put the word inside of us, attend fellowships, listen to the word of God, either on tape mm. or serious XM mm. or, you know, a, a radio, mm. you know, where we can be impacted or podcast where Amen. we can be impacted. Amen. Now, just to, you know, find a way to add to beautiful things you have said. To know anything, you have to study. That's why the Bible says study yourself. to yes. show yourself approved. approved. It is study that approves that. You don't get approved without studying. And I'm not talking about getting masters and PhD in secular things. We are talking about studying. Those ones are amazing. They are good. They give you a platform to stand on. But it is this education in the word of God, when you study it, it imparts the wisdom of God into you. Amen. It, your speech will change. Your behavior will be changed. The word of God is a change agent. Yes. It's yes. the unchanging changer. The word never changes, but it changes everybody. That take time. And I think it's uh, uh, Gloria Copeland or the daughter that said, if you take time, to put the word of God into you when you don't need it. When you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your memory. Yes, sir. Which is very important that you sow seed now so that when the time of challenge comes, when the negative news comes, it is the word, just a little pressure, yes. the word begins to flow. Yes.
Yes, sir. Or some people, Satan will have to almost crush them before anything can flow. <laughs> because it's down, it's way down. Yeah. So yes. let's move on to uh, verses 7 to uh, to 9 now. Let's okay. look at what Paul was saying. He says, uh, okay, I'm reading it from the NIV. Now he said, Thank you, because we'll tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Now, I was studying these three verses, and a word kept, Paul kept repeating two words. Fellows, brother, is, uh, or servant, Faithful. but one key word that he was using to describe both uh, of his associates is a uh, faithful minister, faithful mm -hmm. minister, faithful minister. And the Holy Spirit was saying, look at that again. So what does faithfulness mean? Why would Paul, what does it mean that Paul would be using the word faithful to qualify this domain? Mm. Let's look, let's open it up. Uh, he said they are faithful. In the other letters he wrote, he always writing, calling people faithful. And uh, I, I was looking into it, and then I saw that Jesus taught us about the parable of the talent. Because the, the subject of faithfulness was so important that Jesus spent, and it's from, I think, Matthew, it, I think it's also in Luke, Matthew chapter 25, from verse 14 to verse 30. That's a lot of speech. For Jesus, because he, 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 he uses his time well, mm -hmm. uh -huh. to speak, talks about three groups of servants. One was given five talents, one two talents, one one talent. And the Bible said, each according to their abilities. And the master went away. Then he, when at his return, he called for reckoning. One as the one with five has double up, gained five more. The one with two, double up, gained two more. The one with one, buried it, returned that one back. And the key word that differentiated this, the, this servant was the first two, he called them faithful servant. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit brought me back to that. He said, that's what it means to be faithful. You are, you are busy with the assignment, multiplying and duplicating it in spite of the inconveniences that are available. But he said the one that returned it didn't lose it. He didn't lose it, but he did not, he was not fruitful with it. So a faithful servant is a fruitful servant. Am I fruitful in my God-given assignment? Uh, now, uh, Proverbs 26 said, uh, Proverbs 26, the New King James Version said it this way. Uh, I see they are helping me, they are helping me here. Proverbs, he said, most men will proclaim each, each his own goodness. And as a pastor, I've seen that. Everybody say, I'm a good person. I'm a good, oh, pastor, I'm so good. I'm a good person. But he said, who can find a faithful man? A faithfulness, a faithful man or woman, they are essential commodities and they are scarce. Faithfulness, because faithfulness demands commitment. Faithfulness at times demands utmost loyalty. And those are two things that people, they can promise I'll be committed. But immediately you'll see that when other things uh, show up. It, it demands sacrifice. 
That's, that's the key word. Sacrifice. Because for you to be faithful to something or it costs, that means that you are sacrificing something, something else. Something else. For, for a servant, because he called them ministers and servants, yeah. these people were with him. Yeah. They were not sentenced with him no. to be in jail. No. They chose. They were prisoners of, by choice. By choice. So they had to leave behind their family. Yeah. They had to leave behind their money, their, their employment, their comfort. Jail, no matter how beautiful a jail is, is it's not. Still jail. It's still a jail. It's, it's, still, not, it's not a five-star hotel. It's still a <laughs> confinement. You are not free. So they left their freedom. Yeah. They left their family. They left their friends and everything that they had, yeah. and decided to sacrifice that and followed him. And the amazing thing to, that I saw with this group, and then the other three, the three amigos that we mentioned, is that they told Paul, yeah, you can't go, but we can go. Send us. You know, one of them was so sick in the other chapter we read. Yes, yes. Why? Yes. Because everywhere Paul cannot go, Paul will write letters. These take. people, they will take materials, they will take, and they take that journey. probably was not resting. They, yeah. <laughs> They said, no, you, okay, they lock you up, but we are free. Mm -hmm. You give us what to do, we will take it there. So, thank God for these people. Even before Paul was locked up, he was moving with Barnabas. It was, there were other, uh, 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 the one that was locked up in jail in, Philipp in, Phil in Philippi in, with uh, Silas. Silas. Silas was also was a young man. How many young men who allowed themselves to be beaten and imprisoned following a crazy apostle. It doesn't even, that's not even the cause that we are following these days. No. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's much easier for us nowadays. Yeah. And, and the easier it is for us to be faithful, the more difficult it is. To because, be faithful. Yes, because there is so much, there are yeah. so many other things that will draw our attention. Yeah. Yeah. But back to this faithfulness, he says here that they are faithful, you know, not, ministers. So they are faithful in serving the Lord yeah. and through, to, Paul. through him. Yeah. So, so to serve the Lord through somebody, uh, to serve God under somebody requires us faithfulness. To, it requires us to be faithful. Yeah. It requires us to be reliable because that's what faithfulness means. It requires us to be dependable. That means that if God calls you to do this, even though it's not convenient, it can depend on me. Yeah. You know, it requires us to be to stand, to keep standing, regardless of what is being thrown at us. That means that sometimes it's, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes we may not have enough money, you know, to, to do things for ourselves. But faithfulness will require us to not look at those things and begin to look at our master. You know what? Uh, in addition to what you have said, I think we miss it when we are saying, oh, because he said faithful servants faithful ministers and fellow servants in the Lord. Now, God, there's no record that God spoke to any of those guys. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Please hear me very well tonight. You can serve God most of the time. Now, yeah, God speaks to me now. But when I was associate pastor under somebody, God will not bypass that person and be talking to me. It is the man that will say, this is the direction God is saying, go. This is what God is saying. And we will receive what he said God told him and begin to run with it. Mm -hmm. So, you are, when, maybe you are, you, you are in a church now. 
and you are serving God through the pastor of that church, you have to be faithful and take up any assignment he gives you. You don't pick and choose. God has not spoken to me. Really? God did not speak to these people. They made themselves available for Paul. Uh, one thing that they actually also did was the letter that God, uh, that Paul gave them, they didn't say, oh, no, they didn't write this letter very well. No. I have to, we have to change some things in there. You know, it, it, okay, we can't, we can't take this letter. No, 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 Paul, it doesn't look, it doesn't sound right. They went with Paul's agenda. Yeah. I think that's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and I remember then years ago, I was hearing Bishop Oedeko talking about Bishop Abiri. Mm -hmm. He said, wherever I cannot go, I send them. He takes my word delivers and it. deliver it yes. as I will have delivered. Yes, yes. And I've yes. listened to that man many times. If you don't really see him, you will think he's Bishop. And for the most part, I hope that wherever we are, the leader there has a vision. Yeah. Because Paul had a vision. A vision. And he followed that vision yep. to the end. Yep. So what, what really drives us as, you know, like you and I, what drove us when we were under our daddy, our mentors, was because they had vision. They had the vision of where to go. So it was easier. So as leaders, we must have vision. We must cast the vision. And then surround our people, surround ourselves with people who will take the vision with us. Because that's what he did. Now, he said out of all the Jews that were there, only three people three remained. The, less, the three amigos, it, the, the other ones could not see the vision. They did not understand the vision. They left, which is possible. It's okay. It, it happens now too. But as much as possible, the ones that have caught the vision, they stayed. So if you are in a church and you know that the man of God there has a vision, you must stand with the vision. You must stay with the vision. Amen. And then the man of God has to Cast the vision yeah. as well. Back up two, 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 four. Write it down. Make yes. it plain. Yes. That they may run. These people could stay with Paul in jail because they could read the vision. Exactly. They could understand it. Yes. They could yes. see where Paul was going. Yes. Take this message to the Gentile world. Yes. So they could run with it. Now, let's bring it home to the family. Now, in a family setup, there's supposed to be a visionary there. In most cases, supposed to be if the whole family is together, supposed to be the man that's a visionary. Do you have a vision for your family? Because one of the things that causes problem in the family is the man has no vision. It's not, he has no direction. And you'll find the wife now coming up with a vision. Or one of the children now coming up with a vision. You need a vision. Where, where is your family, the sheep of your life, where is it headed in 2022? What are the things you want to accomplish? Have you written them down? Have you shared with people in your family that this year, this is what we are focusing on? Remember, when we, a couple of years ago, time is moving. We were moving to Milton. And uh, I made sure I told each of you, uh, I know your, your desire, you wanted this, you want a house. I said, in three years, we will do this, we will do that. Yes. And for me, that was the direction. That so, was so the area of prayer. We did and it was done. around them. Yeah. So we folk, you must have as you don't wait for your wife to come and cast the, a vision. Now, life does not allow for a vacuum. Mm -mm. If you don't provide vision, somebody else will stand up to provide it. Yes. And then you may not like it. Oh now, oh, you are now the husband. But are you? Paul provided vision. 
they could stay with him. And they all got to destination. Yes. You will get to your destination in Jesus' I got, name. I got a revelation not too long ago that, uh, um, you know, the head of the house, the husband, is the driver in the car. Mm -hmm. The GPS that you use is the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that they follow. And the wife and the family, they are the passengers in the mm -hmm. car. So the husband is the one that is driving the vehicle of our life, taking us to our destiny. He follows the GPS, the Holy Spirit, that the navigation system. And as long as he is, because he's the driver is the one that calls the shot, as long as he follows the Holy Spirit for direction, yeah. they will get to where they yeah. need to be. If he's not following GPS, that's when the oh. wife will now say, ah, you, are not, you know how wives are. Mm. They, they will be like, ah, you are going the wrong way. <laughs> You're going the wrong. But if the husband is following the right way, the wife will not be yelling and mm. be screaming and be trying to take over the leadership of the home. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's been an amazing book. The only part left is that they, we call them the three amigos. Aristarchus, uh, Justus, and Mark. And Mark. These were the Jews that remained with Paul. And Paul took time to acknowledge and to appreciate them. As leaders, we must take time to acknowledge and appreciate our fellow servants. Yes. Let them know that their sacrifices, in, even at home, take time to appreciate your wife, appreciate your children. And wife, take time to appreciate the driver. It's not easy to drive a family yes, yes. and follow and stay with the GPS. You may miss a few turns, but it's okay. Amen. <laughs> All right, close us up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us in Colossians chapter, you know, the whole of the whole of the book of Colossians. We will let you know again next week what we are going to do as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I can assure you it will be exciting. You will be blessed from the next book that we'll be studying. Glory be to God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word that has come. Father, your word says in Psalm 107 verse 20, you sent your word and heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Tonight, we speak the word as we have spoken the word. If there is any destruction around anyone, that word will deliver them Amen. in the mighty name of Amen. Jesus. Daddy, we thank you one thank more time. We release your grace upon yes. us that what we have heard will be able to use yes. even in this world yes. in the name of Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. See you next week.